Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 539, recording today on this another sweltering hot Wednesday in the UK. We seem to be having like a five-week heat wave, which uh, some of our guests will be going, ah, that's nothing. But for us, it's quite unusual. So this is uh, Sonic Talk, the podcast to do with music technology, uh, controllers, software, all the kinds of things that surround music production, electronic music, that side of things. I want to say hello and welcome to everybody. We'll uh, welcome our YouTube uh, guests uh, on the, in the chat room there. Uh, we stream via YouTube every four, uh, every uh, Wednesday at 4pm. Uh, so sonicstate.com, uh, Sonic State's live, that's a YouTube channel. And also uh, our IRC chat. Uh, I'm, I'll apologise if you were hoping to watch on Facebook, but the Facebook mechanism is not working today, and it's not us. So I can only apologise on behalf of Mark Zuckerberg, who's probably got... Uh, maybe I'll give him a ring and see if he can sort it out during the show, and maybe it'll pick it up, but I suspect he might be busy. Anyway, I um, want to say thank you very much to our sponsors, of course. Isotope, you'll be able to win a copy of Vocal Synth, their fantastic vocal processing and vocal modelling and vocoding software. Uh, that'll be coming up about halfway through the show. Uh, do stay tuned for that, and we'll also announce the winner of last week's. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to get back and we're going to... Uh, um, introduce all of our guests. Uh, we'll start with a new boy in town. This is Matthew Hodson, who's based in Brighton, who does actually Hello. know Steve Hillier. I think there's a there's some sort of commonality. I think that you, you both teach at the same uh, music colleges, BIM, right? Is that is that about the, yeah. the size of your your relationship, That's as it. it were? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just live down the road from him. He's in Brighton. I'm just down the road. Yeah, we're both at BIM, BIM Brighton. Excellent. And uh, Matthew Hodson, uh, I'll throw your website up there, matthewhodson.com. Uh, uh, check out, it's got an album out called Detach, uh, into sort of modular synths, ambient stuff, beats, and teaches, yep. produces, composes, mixes and engineers, got a background in studios. You've been, you've been around, man. Yeah, but you I looked, have. But yeah, you look I mean, so young. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Yeah. You've still got the studio tan, though. The classic studio tan. So uh, what are you up to at the moment? What's your kind of current, well, I guess uh, college must be ending now, right? Yeah, so the students have just finished uh, for the year and we've just been marking and, and seen all the great work that they've been doing. Um, in my own time, I'm just writing some new material. For, we're on Fat Cat Records. Um, myself, I'm signed on there, making electronic music. And then there's, I'm part of a, a, an artist called Knights Town. So we're just working on some new material for that and some sync music for EMI. And I've been reviewing some headphones this morning. Oh, um, yeah, you were yeah, saying. Well, and that's on. for good housekeeping. Are you the good housekeeping yeah. audio expert? That's an awesome gig. I think you should have a business card it's with that written on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. So busy boy at the minute, but it's good. Yeah, Excellent. It's good. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we've also got um, uh, Mr. Yoad Navo, who is uh, there in his facility in London, where he's uh, not only is a producer, engineer, composer, and all of those things, he also uh, develops plugins for Waves. How are you, Yoad? I'm very well, thank you. Nice Good. and chilled here in the AC. The constant temperature, uh, yeah. Exactly. But don't you find sometimes, you know, it, I mean, and, and I know you probably find this as well, uh, Jamie, who's in uh, Nashville, but I'll, I'll ask you, Yard, first. Um, when it's so, so, so hot outside, you know, you get this kind of lovely chilled area and uh, then you come out and it's just a, a massive shock. I mean, and do you find that that actually is worse than being somewhere in between or is it uh, you, you acclimatise to the acclimatisation? If, yeah, if I had to choose between the two, I would rather have this all the time. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> because I hate it. I just hate it when it's like cold. I don't mind if it rains a little bit, but you know, I hate it when it, I hate it, really hate it when it's cold. So, uh, but in any case, both in summer and winter, I take a very short walk from the studio to my car, which, you know, so I, it's not that you I can manage walk the streets uh, for hours on end. So it's fine. Yeah, I know, I get that, and I and I, we were talking sort of before we went on air that obviously the uh, that lovely Neve behind you must kick out an awful lot of heat, so your AC is probably yeah. just you know always keeping the place at a constant it's temperature. Always, right? It's always on. I don't even know if I notice a massive increase in the electricity bill, which is huge as it is even in in winter. So yeah, it's not very like I said before, it's not very green, but it sounds green. 
<laughs> if that Excellent. means anything. <laughs> well, we'll we'll stick with that. It's not very great. It sounds green. That's that, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a little uh, make a note of that. It sounds green. Yeah, I'll I'll make a note of that for title. And we also have Mr. Jamie Liddell, who's there in Nashville, where he's just sort of going, "You don't know heat. What the hell oh. do you know about heat?" Jamie is living uh, in what ninety degrees, hundred and two, or something like that, isn't it? There, probably. Yeah, I'm guessing. Like 90s, I think you're you're close, man. Ninety six in the Fahrenheit land, but uh, yeah, it's it's awful out there. But um, yeah, you're right. Um, we we live. I live in in this basically a, a fridge, <laughs> a wooden <laughs> fridge. I, I live in a wooden fridge. Right. Um, but yeah, whatever. You just you just roll with it, don't you? Actually, my wife and I and and the boy are off to uh, L.A. on Sunday for a month. So uh, we're kind of like maybe going to relocate. So we shall see. Oh man, we're going to not have the library. The that I'm, I, I'm look weird cage. I'm not cage. That's terrible. Um, yeah, hopefully not cage. <laughs> no, well, you if you unless you're going for that classic LA. Uh, there was a there was a time when any kind of urban scene, you know, when there was some slightly edgy society, edgy nightclub, edgy bar, always had that kind of cross mesh fencing inside somewhere and that that was a, an, an LA film signifier for this is an edgy venue. So you could do that. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like in a Faraday cage, basically not able to hear anyone. But, um, <laughs> no interference. Perfect temperature. <laughs> so you've been so, yeah. you you've been a busy boy, as far as I can tell, Jamie. I mean, I know uh, um, not only have you got the. Uh, I'm just going to get my mouse over to the right window. Not only. Have you uh, had Mark Ronson on your podcast? Good catch, I have to say. That is mm. top draw stuff. I haven't had a chance to listen mm. to it yet, but if you want to do check it out, uh, hanging out with audio files and all that stuff. But not only that, but you've been you've been working in the studio and doing. Is there any stuff you can tell us about? Because I know you've sort of mentioned I can't make it this week because I'm working with, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I don't know whether it's public or anything, so I'm not going to force you. Um. Yeah, I, I was really happy to, well, I've been writing and producing Alan Stone and that's all pretty much done and dusted. And uh, if you didn't catch it, a majorly heartwarming moment was him playing at the opening of the Special Olympics just the other day. He's oh, playing the song we wrote together and like here's his, here's his new single. And uh, uh, it was a, just a really, really kind of like, yeah, tearjerker just awesome it just shows alan in his true light actually just a super generous fun fun loving like talented dude so uh yeah i'm super happy about that i've got some other music coming out yeah it's true with a project called liar which is uh, with uh with kaya stewart who's uh, dave stewart's daughter oh yeah we've been on that stuff for quite a while and uh that stuff's all, all sounding really really good so just waiting to sort of find the opportune moment to uh, push that one out. And uh, it's a tricky time, man. There's so many things coming out to the market. It's, uh, it, it's, it's hard to know the opportune moment to sort of, you know, you've got your Drakes and really big releases eating up a lot of press attention. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. But, well, uh, yeah, I, no, I can imagine that must be difficult for me. Uh, I just put it on Bandcamp and promoted it on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, and it's done okay. But it's a different league, you know. But so it's not a, it's not a problem I have to concern myself with too much. My uh, little EP of ambient, ambient noodlings, um, which um, SonicLab.Bandcamp.com, in case anybody's out there is interested. There we go. <laughs> nice plug. Nice plug. So. Um, soniclab.bandcamp.com there we go so um let's have a look and see where we uh where we're starting out here it's, there's as with all well no first of all i want to say england through to the quarterfinals of the world cup going through on penalty shootouts which is not it's the first time that's ever happened to england they've actually got through a penalty shootout without losing because we always lose so last night was very special that's all i've got I, this isn't a soccer podcast but i just wanted to say that hooray uh, anyway just me then all right cool um so let's start with a bit of uh vcv rack and the like 
So this is a comparison uh, by uh, Leonardo Laguna Rui, who, who makes uh, add-on modules under the Vault collection of modules. Uh, and he's doing a sort of comparison between, uh, in this case, it's a comparison between uh, Steiner Parker filter and his own take Today, on the Steiner Parker filter. I want to show filter. you a comparison between Tangents, which is my... I'll see if Steiner I fast Parker forward it a bit, because there's quite a lot of talking. And it does make some noise at some point. Let's see if I can find when it gets when it's really starts to scream and he goes into a lot of detail about why things do certain things and uh, particularly with the vcv rack thing uh the steiner park when you get uh overdrive a, 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 a filter and you get the signal you get this bouncing between the input op amp and the the the, the return op amp and so you just get this kind of really hard clipping and he decided he was going to fix that in his software version and these aren't uh, aren't necessarily uh emulations they're simulations but it, it, what got me was quite interesting is you know just just the basic Kind of sound of them were so damn close. And this is in VCV rack. You know there are other modular side things available. So there's a couple of questions here. Really, one is uh, how good is good enough, and the other is um, can it even be better? Now I'm going to come to you, Yoad, first because you actually develop <laughs> plugins and software. So it seems like a good place to start. Um, yeah, first, you know, I would like to say that the, the I actually prefer the sound of the. Um, plug-in to the to the hardware uh, in this case they did some they did sound quite similar but i i i thought that plug-in sounded pretty good um you know that there are quite a few methods of modeling uh, black box component modeling uh, mixture a mix of both and uh, at the end of the day once you get close and and a filter is a relatively not so complicated thing to to, to replicate um, because um, the the frequency response part of it is is linear and then you have the non-linear side of things and so it's a relatively th simple thing if, if you uh, compare it to a compressor or something like that not to mention tape or vinyl or or things like that which are much harder to um, to, to model um, but at, at the end of the day, it uh, it comes down to different tastes and and kind of a subjective input that you have on 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 the product that that you're making because uh, you can you match it as closely as you can and sometimes you know that if we t you tweak it further, it's going to sound even better. It has that to to have that kind of personality uh, because sometimes when you when you model things very very closely. So on paper and on screen and on all the scopes and and, um, and 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 audio precision and all that things look perfect and in theory it's all perfect but you know the 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 difference between theory and practice that it's the right, same yeah, in theory. Okay, but it so, it can sound different, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so at, at the end of the day, you have you have a. It's not even an artistic freedom, but you have a, a few choices that you can make that can give the 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 modeled plugin more personality and stuff. And it, it and it just depends on how far you want to stretch that away from freedom. the original right yeah oh, yeah, no, that's an yeah. interesting point interesting but uh, and obviously uh matthew would be a good guy to come to next because i know that you use vcv rack in your tutorials and you're teaching at uh at bim right and you are a, a obviously a modular user so uh what are your thoughts yeah it's yeah i had a really good listen to it and i mean to answer your question yeah it's it is certainly good enough it sounds great doesn't it really um does it sound better well yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of what you're asking about. He's subjective. He's changed this according to his own desires, and I think what he's managed to do, he's got a flatter response on it, a nicer low end on it. Obviously, that resonance is much more controllable now. I think this was the approach that they took with the Mini Brute, wasn't it? With the with the Steiner Parker filter they put into that, I think they did. They tamed it. They tamed it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like, you know, for me, I'd reach for that Steiner Parker filter if I wanted that full on, let's go, let's have it kind of thing. So for it not to be there, um, 
it's kind of a different beast in itself. But it still sounds great, you know, and I appreciate what he's done. I'd love to see a little switch on it where you could switch this, switch the old um, circuitry in and and the new one in, you know, depending on what you want. Because really, you've got you, you've got two different kind of filters now in a way. Yeah, I suppose that's very true. Um, Jamie, I mean, I don't know whether you've, you, you, you know, you, I know you're big on Macs and big on kind of working in the box and, you know, you haven't, you haven't gone the modular route. Am I right in that? It's, it seems like such a long time right. ago since we spoke. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I somehow managed to, you know, postpone that. <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, yeah, I fully delay the, would. Delay the inevitable. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like it, it, kind of odd to me to see you there you know, with like that big console behind you. You could easily be the guy who's in the box all the way with your knowledge and, you know, and getting close and having things sound like something is only a small part of what it means to make music with the machines Absolutely. that you have. Yeah. And I'm starting yeah. to become more convinced that it's not just fetishism. It's really about, you know, you don't have that much time <laughs> alive or even that much time to, to, to make the things you really want to make. And, yeah, you could probably make something sound good on a kind of a crazy Strat copy and it would sound like another Strat. But if you're playing a guitar that just feels good, you love the way it looks, you just love interacting with it, that's pleasure. That's true pleasure in your life. Hmm. And you just have to think, is that pleasure really like something that I value? And I think it really can be, you know. So I don't know. It's obviously it's a, it's a really tricky one and it changes for everyone. I always remember Christian Vogel, who's like a real mentor of mine, uh, he used to get so many crazy things out of the, um, the Nord modular. And I thought, that's a weird concept, basically a virtual modular back in the day, right? And, and yeah. it seemed so potent. And it was really useful in our live shows because he could just carry around such a comprehensive system. But it was kind of nice that it existed in the hardware. It'd be cool if they could somehow make this virtual thing have a bit of hardware too. And then you could kind of be free of the computer at some point, designing the computer, and then have like a generic interface for it. A can of worms. Yeah, I, but, you I, know, isn't you know, that, I think that's isn't that it's, the plug plug out thing. Yeah, it's kind of the plug out thing. I think. I mean, I think that's where it's going to go. I mean, ultimately, um, you know. Once there's going to be sort of parity around probably the kind of CPUs that lives in most hardware. You know, we're not going to end up with, well, we're just going to have this one is going to be an ARM and this one's going to be a this and that, you know, or maybe parity across the code. So the code just runs with higher capacity in, you know, maybe a big desktop system and slightly less capacity in, you know, something the size of a Raspberry Pi. You know, that's that's presumably where we'll end up to. But. I mean, you know, we've had that discussion before. It's not just about the capability. It's about the physicality that you have with mm. with it. You know, the, the physical relationship you have with it, that, that, that also makes a yeah. difference. But, but I mean, the, the close enough. I mean, you, I guess, um, Matthew, you're, I mean, you're teaching students on this because they, they presumably, you know, you might have some modular stuff at the college, but they're more likely to be taking VCV rack or something similar home and working on their modular patches and yeah. do they feel the same distinction or do they not care? Does it not make much difference to them, the distinction between the hardware and the software? I think interface is still really important. Um, I think we've seen that recently where we're bringing things like Pushmore into the classrooms as opposed to your normal MIDI keyboards. I mean, you know, Push allowed us to, to work with MIDI controllers in a completely different way. You know, it pulled out that keyboard interface straight away. So interface is really important. Um, software and hardware you know two different things we have some great sessions where students just bring in synths and we we you know we ram that through some distortion unit and and we have a lot of fun and with that kind of thing but at the same time you know that is in itself one way of doing things and it's got its own excitement you can go in the box and and you've got a whole other range of things but i i agree with you know, Jamie, I'd like to see these as, as hardware. I'd love to see someone putting this software into some little modules that you can buy, and then you could zap that module and say, this module's now going to be a filter, or it's going to be an envelope, 
and you know you, you get the modules of different size or different amounts of dials on and cv inputs and outputs and that kind of thing i'd love to really see that because i use vcv it's great it is really good but as soon as i open it and i'm going through the menus and right clicking and my mouse doesn't quite connect this cable i'm a bit oh you know whereas I'm, i turn around here and i'm just like you know this connects to that and that plug that in there and it's all kind of physical and i've got two hands going and a foot you know changing a, a, a some oscillators and some filters at the same time so yeah you know tactile being able to get hold of things i think there is some importance in that definitely and i think yeah, yeah i think it is something that students appreciate too as well that that are on the course definitely yeah no absolutely anyway um you can get hold of these if you go to vcvrack.com uh the uh the the uh, what are they called they're called uh uh, Volt uh, set of modules. Uh, mm. I think the most you can spend on them is like 25 bucks, and there's a big panel of modules. So you get, I mean, because yeah. you do get a load of free stuff with it, but these are add ons. And it sounds like he really kind of knows what he's doing. I mean, goes if you watch the video, it was on Synthtopia, um, uh, posted it. You can see he's going into the component levels and saying, well, here in the circuit diagram, this is what's happening. So what I did is I put some virtual components here and changed the behavior. And just think, you know, he's obviously a smart guy that understands both sides of the equation too, you know, and that's, that's kind yeah. of fun. So it's, it's all good. I'd love, I'd love to see him getting hold of something like the mutable instruments um, uh, modules that run VCV and sort of hybridizing them and changing them in some ways and looking at the and what if we what if we plug something else in here or we do something else with the circuitry there i'd like to see more of that going on frankensteining modules frankensteining that could be yeah that's going in the titles list frankensteining <laughs> it sounds like it could be a sort of dubious sexual uh, preference but it could also be a yeah. kind of musical uh, uh, construction system as well i don't know uh, that's, that's, I, mean, I suppose that's true. I mean, Yoad, I mean, do you do, uh, I mean, is that what you're trying to do? I mean, you don't want to just emulate something that already exists in hardware. I mean, although sometimes that's, that's preferable because the, the hardware is rare and that side of things, but. Um, I think that a lot of, um, a lot of people really like the, the modeling that, that we did for, you know, the, the, the waves modeling, uh, plugins. Uh, because people can get their hands of, on SSL uh, channels and yeah. Neve components and things like yeah. that, which otherwise they wouldn't um, be able to afford it. But also, it's the it's the quantity, so you can have like sixty or a hundred SSL channels across your 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 multitrack and no problem. So so it's 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 handy. In the in the sense that you can record the session quickly while working in the box, which which is a nightmare to do on a, on an analog desk, uh, but at the same time it gives you much more flexibility. So it's a different, it's kind of a different, uh, it's a different thing. Uh, so there's a there's a big market for 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 that, and and uh, modeling is becoming better and better with, with as time goes by. So uh, so it, it it's. It's now just picking the, the best uh, uh, sounds that you want and you can mm. have them across your whole mix. And it's, it's really, it's, it's a good time to, to be living in as a mixer, you know? Yeah. And obviously as a, as a synth head and, and all that, although it's more, yeah, there's this duality, whether which is better analog or this or that. But, uh, but like, you know, what... Um, just like everyone else said, and I think we all agree on that, there's a certain element of physicality, and it's like an instrument, whether it's a desk, whether it's a guitar, whether it's a, you know, a modular synth uh, or something. Obviously, there's a physical connection with the mouse and with controllers and, and with all that, and the holy grail is to being able to, 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 to make... To get, to get the same feeling out of a controller or a mouse as you get, uh, with, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that is like almost impossible. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, yeah. Jamie, you know, you 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 span both. You know, you you're 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 both you fit both sides of the divide because obviously you've got some of these things. I mean, you know, you've talked about the publisher and you know, thinking, oh, an emulation might be great. You know, so because it's convenience, I'm guessing. You know, you're traveling around a lot. You have a writing rig. You don't want to be hiring in a rack of Pultex every time you want to just you know record a vocal or get some monitors up or maybe you do i mean i don't know i mean that you, that was the old way of doing it so you know which which is it yeah. um 
I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've, I, actually, I just was hearing you guys talk, and and recently I took my son to like the science center. I've been taking him. He's really curious about that stuff nowadays. And um, there's like a virtual reality section that's for like 13 year olds and up. And uh, it kind of caught my eye because you know we couldn't go in, so I was just kind of like looking at what they were trying to do with it. I was like, well, all the things you guys are talking about, that could be an amazing use for virtual reality, couldn't it? Just kind of like having all of these things, bringing in some kind of form of physicality to the creation process, but not having to worry about physical size of your studio. You know, I, I truly believe that you can get incredible results with or without analog gear. I mean, yeah, sure. I, uh, That's absolutely. I'm now no at the stage where I feel like you just get one good preamp. <laughs> this is my new philosophy. You just have you do. I mean, if you're doing vocals, it's just like you only really need one good pre and a good mic, and that's 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 all you really need. And you can do the rest in the box, no problem. Hundred percent. I'm with Chad Blake. You don't need it, the outboard anymore. Um, you do kind of need a pre, but uh, even that is is you know. But isn't it a different thing? I mean, isn't it, it, is it more fun and therefore more creatively direct to be using hardware? Or do you, do, do you sort of teach, do you adapt? I mean, the human is obviously very adaptable. I mean, you've done both. So I'm just wondering which, which, which is more fun, which is more productive? I like aggressive hardware. I like aggressive things like the prime time, the time modulator. Things are quite brutal and they need to kind of be played. You know, if it's a machine that's relatively static, like if you're setting your compressor and then walking away, the only thing I like about that is it gives me peace of mind when I'm recording a vocal. I can just, I know the hardware will do the job. I can see the meters moving. There's that sort of simple human relief where I can just see the machines doing their job and kind of trust the path, as it were. Yeah. And that relaxes me. And that's important, especially when there's money on the line or there's a client of high, mm. high profile. We just don't want to be fucking it up. So, but for me, when it comes to interacting with boxes, I just want a box that really does juicy things that I can get my hands on and really actually play. So it's typically pieces of hardware relatively limited in terms, you know, you're not really going to really have an amazing time riding a compressor, you know, <laughs> you kind of could, but Yeehaw. it's not going to be that, you know what I mean? But if you've got something like a prime time you can truly express yourself and you can listen to the music and you can you know you can get a little king tubby with it and just really play yeah, i guess like a tape echo that kind of sort of vibe but yeah i see what you're saying when you can play it that's what i'm into and that's what it's hard to set up in a in a fully in a in a when you've got a console that's actually amazing because you can have everything that's a classic case in point i like consoles because i love having effects returns and be able to send effects into other effects and create loads of feedback. And I truly feel like that's the thing I get most excited about is creating chaos with, with all of the, with a pitch shifter going into a delay, going into a distortion, going into some other thing. Mm. You can create crazy colors really quickly with an analog system. Whereas in the computer, that is a convoluted process. You know, you can achieve it if, you're, if you've already got familiarity with what those combinations can do, but you're less likely to stumble across something with your hands and go, oh, that. And that's a lot. That was mm -hmm. worth a lot. That's kind of worth, you know, that's worth yeah. the price of entry for me when it comes to buying these weird esoteric boxes from the 80s. That's how I justify it because I love doing it and they end up on everything I do. That's a very good point. Nice. That's a very not, good point. Nice. Yeah. Nicely, yeah. uh, nicely put. Yeah. I seem to be coming back through some speakers. I think that's you, Yoad. Uh, I think. Is that me? I think there's some speakers alive in the room. Anyway, um, while we sort that out, I think we'll just have a quick, uh, a quick bench from uh, Isotope. Isotope, of course, this is the vocal synth. Uh, out not that long ago. New BioVox module, massively improved vocoder, new GUI, new sort of back end, whole new presets, all new effects, uh, which you can now reorder. Uh, CompuVox, uh, TalkBox, and it really is. Uh, we did a, a sounds video the other day, and it, uh, I was astonished about what you could get out of it. It really sounds a lot, 
a lot more impressive and uh, really useful uh, for processing vocals, whether you just want to tune them or you want to vocode them or mess them up. If you want to try that out, uh, head over to isotope.com slash forward slash vocal synth. And of course, we have competition uh, prize. We want to announce the winner from last week. Last week, and this this literally, I saw this one come up when I was counting through the comments and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if that won? And it actually did, and it and it's. I tell you, it's not a fix. Um, uh, this is uh, this is by somebody called Neil Beard AHM. You have won last week's uh, copy of Vocal Synth, and your tweet was another pointless attempt at winning stuff for free. And he tweeted that, and you you did actually win, which I think is is actually quite fitting. So, Neil Beard, Neil at Neil Beard AHM. If you want to get in touch, you are now the proud owner of Vocal Synth too. So please do get in touch. And uh, for those of you who want to uh, have a go at uh, winning uh, for next week we're giving away another copy or I step giving another copy of vocal synth and uh, we're looking for the hashtag vocal modeling <clears throat> because not only does the vocoding it does track vocal tract modeling and vocal sort of like vocal cavity modeling where you can uh, you can impose vowel sounds on top of an existing vocal so if an oo isn't ooey enough or an i isn't i enough you can make it more that way it's kind of bonkers anyway vocal modeling uh, and vocal synth 2 are the two hashtags and you tweet those to at sonic state and at isotope inc that's the hashtag vocal modeling and that's modeling with two l's because it always gets me uh, and the hashtag vocal synth 2 to at sonic state and at isotope inc and uh, just drop those into twitter and uh, you will be automatically entered into the competition we'll do a search and you'll be able to find it all uh, next week right um okay controller time uh, this is another one of uh, Artoria's sort of uh, lifestyle videos, uh, and this, but this is the Keylab Keylab Mark II. And Keylab Mark II is the brand new uh, controller. Uh, it's got uh, um, basically more of everything. It comes with the uh, Analog Lab. It's also got uh, a whole bunch of kind of integrations with DAW. I think up to ten DAW integrations. It's got CV output, uh, pitch, gate, and two auxiliary modulations, a CV input. So there's a lot of stuff that it will do as a uh, MIDI controller. I'm not sure if it does um, split and layer, which is something we're not seeing very often on uh, on controllers these days. But this is Artorias. And there's also another one because uh, at the same time, and I'm going to do a really hard cut into this, we've also got Nectar. Nectar uh, have also announced their panorama what is it it's the t4 and the t6 which is kind of a variant on their p series similar sort of features but they've gone for uh, a new software capabilities which is like a, a essentially a, a, a wrapper that adds it this is slightly cheaper so i won't play all of the videos because you know there's you can get them out there and it's no problem. But MIDI controllers, these two new ones, uh, the Arturia does look quite good. I hope we can get one in for review. I don't know what anybody uses. Uh, I'll start with uh, perhaps you, Matt. I don't know. MIDI controllers perhaps don't look, have a lot of time in your life when you're there with uh, a lot of CV, but I suppose if it goes in and out via the computer and your students probably need them at college. I mean, what do you tend to go for? What are you looking for? Yeah, uh, I'm just looking around the room. What have I got? Well, I've got a push two behind me. Which I use a lot. Um, Beatstep Pro, yeah. as well. Mm, use that a lot like with the it. obviously with the CV outputs. Great. Even as just a converter, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and then over here, this, this I'm rocking this bad boy still. This old oxygen here with masking tape on it for you know my MIDI controlling parameters that I assign to various bits and bobs. So I'm definitely in the market to upgrade something like this, for sure. Now, I use MIDI controllers quite a lot still, um, even though I'm in the modular world a lot. I'm, I'm composing a lot, and, you know, we're doing library music at the moment for, for, for EMI, Sony, and that kind of thing, and I, I've got to be using a lot of MIDI controllers. But um, what else? Yeah, I've got a machine that sort of does MIDI controlling as well. So, yeah, I've got bits and bobs scattered around, but this... Um, this Arturia, I mean, you know, it it does everything you want now. It, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Great. Really brilliant. Great keys, DAW integration, CV in and out. Bingo. You know, as soon as I saw that, I thought that's that's going to replace this here. Um, this do, this does actually doesn't have MIDI out on it as well, which is a shame because the amount of times I just want to plug this into. Yeah, I've got a bit of trouble about MIDI, it. I'm just like, oh, 
now I've got to go through the computer and use a hub and that. Um, so for me, you know, stuff. <laughs> so the Arturia, you know, it's a winner for me. Um, the only thing, though, is it's just like you said this at the beginning. It's kind of like more, more of the same in a way. The thing for me, I really want to. What I'm interested in now, actually, yeah, things like this, the cord bot, um, being really, really great as an interface for someone like me who actually doesn't play keys. Having a keyboard is still something that I just don't, I don't gel with. Um, I can play chords and things like that. But I find things like this, I get more interesting results out of the ability to What's store that? chords and... That's the Isla Instruments chord them. bot. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's right. I think Gaz had a play with one of these. Really cool. I would like to see, basically, what I'm coming to is I would like to see something like this key lab, but take away that keyboard and put something else there. Um, have you ever well, come across something called the harpeggi? Harpeggi, which is oh, yeah. like a cross between like a harp and it's got strings laid out. I, a, I'm looking a, for it a, now. There it is. Only Stevie Wonder you know. can play it in a way that's not. Oh, that's, and Jordan Rudess, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's a stringed so instrument, like isn't it? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a bit is. like isn't that a bit like the um, uh, the the uh, Linstruments, the Linstrument thing, sort of. I guess. I guess so. Ish. Um, I guess what I just like to see something like that integrated into something like this, you know, take away those keys because it's not for everyone. It's, you know, some people find them a real barrier, the keys. Uh, and I think that's where push was really successful in that it replaced that with the, with the squares and the ability to play triads, like a triangle mm. and, just little yeah, things I like so. that. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, I mean, this has got this this has got you know all your usual suspects. But it, what interestingly, it's got the pads on the left hand side, which is kind of unusual. I know, uh, Jamie. What do you yeah. use for inputting, or do you generally play real things into audio channels? I mean, but when you're doing MIDI, you know, what are you? It's tricky. Yeah. No, I feel all of the pain. But at the same time, I mean, like you said, a lifestyle video of someone that can't play, you know around midnight on, on a keyboard you know it still has this possibly old entertainment value to it like you come over and play some keyboards with your friends yeah. it's kind of like it's a it's still in a way a piano and i think when you're looking at music you zoom way out i guess as a dad i'm sort of thinking about these things now like what is music what do kids respond to like you know how do you begin and all that kind of stuff that layout is still the king in a way. You well, see, you've got you know, hundred up to eighty-eight triggers yeah. in front of you. You know, that's there are eighty-eight well, buttons right. on it. Effectively, you know, it's pretty overwhelming as a piece. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been through various controllers like this. I had the Akai, I guess, which started the trend with all the pads and all that. Took those out on the road, destroyed them. They were okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you end up in this case with. From my experience, you get pretty substandard pads. I'm going to sound like a real curmudgeon now. I mean, I'm, you know, and I, I'd rather have this. Is I, I had this complaint with a, a bunch of innovation stuff a while back, really squidgy keyboards, and it was a keyboard with lots of stuff on it. I was like, you know what? What I really want is a keyboard that just feels really good to play, like a DX100, you know? DX100 feels amazing to play. Yeah. And it has a crazy pitch wheel that's super fun. And like, you know, it's like, it's a fun instrument to actually interact with. And people like, you know, the guys who made the OP1, they understood build quality in this day and age. That's key for me. I just want to feel how good it is as a keyboard and feel mm. how good all of the things that they have on it, which are supposed to be, as we said, if you're going to have an interactive experience with your machine, the quality of the interaction is key. So for me now, what I do is I use my Avid like artist mix in Ableton. I have it hooked up with the Mackie control system, and I just use the faders on it to just MIDI assign to say, you know, an Uber mod or whatever I'm using the plugin. I'll just use the, I'll just click on it and click, move the fader, and they're great faders. I actually prefer using it like that than I do as a kind of mixer, as it were, you know. They they feel great, and I'm like, oh man, that makes a big difference having a fader that feels high quality really does change the experience so i'm all about it as long as it feels really good you know i'll uh, i'll be up for it but i just tend to find if you're going to have that much stuff and you've got to compete on the price point and everything 
I'd be skeptical as to whether each part of it, even down to the mod wheel, really feels balanced and good. But maybe it will. So uh, that's an interesting point. I think that, I, I think I think it's all still construction according to this. And uh, so, you know, that's one thing. So the weight. So, um, But, yeah, I take your point about the pads. I mean, I think and keys, I don't f mind too much about keys. They all, I get a bit clattery. I, but, again, I'm coming down to the, does it have splits? Because, you know, even I did a, a Friday jam the other day, and I was all, I had a little tiny key, but I just had the Artoria um, key step, which is great fun, useful little thing. And all I actually wanted to do was to be able to kind of go, I want to play this instrument on that side and this instrument on the other side. And without a computer involved, it was like I'd, I used the uh, Lab for Music Separio, which is an intelligent MIDI router, so I used that. But, you know, that sort of stuff should be in a, should be in a master keyboard, should it not? I don't know. What do you think, Yeah. You've got lots of keyboards uh, there. I mean, I'm, I'm, you've got the I Rev have, 2 there, so I'm using use that as a master. The Rev 2 is my, is my, yeah, that's my current, uh, that's my current controller. Uh, I really love the touch of it. It, it. it feels really nice. The knobs are nice, pitch bend and everything. I'm not, you know, I'm not a pianist, so I use it however I use it. Uh, I get by on keyboards. Um, and uh, it actually quite amazes me how long I've been, I think I've mentioned it, how long I've been and a non-keyboardist. And by that, by that time, you know, I, I, I thought I would be better at it, but it's not, it's not improving. It's not getting anywhere. But um, I'm still a guitarist, but I, you know, do a lot of stuff on keyboards. I do like the, the touch on the JX, the, the, super, the super JX. You know, that's a oh, the JX10. Like Jamie said, yeah, yeah the JX10 is lovely. That's got a the, nice keyboard. That's like, like almost a, the, like a DX7 keyboard, isn't it? It's got a real. That's what I to was it. about to say. I think that the the best one for me is the DX7. I have one somewhere, but not not on. A lot of people say display that. kind of thing. It's a keyboard, and there's something about it that when you, it's like a the perfect pop keyboard because when you program or when you do something on it, it feels like you're creating a great pop song. You know what I mean? It kind of helps you to, to uh, you know. I, that's the that's physical what I interaction. Do, so I not, I've not, yeah, I've not it's, tried it's not to to compose like jazz on it. You know what I mean? So I don't know how it how good at is is it at that? But right. But it's it's there's something yeah there's something about the DX7 that is is amazing. But I think that while while we're talking about uh, controllers, we we should uh, mention the NKS. Yes. Complete controllers and all that because because they're they're really really good they're really good the integration I think for the first time you get proper integration with with plugins and stuff and with displays and and uh, and key zone, key key zones key switches and all that it's it's really nice uh, and it's expanding to 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 other brands other than. Uh, and I so so that that's a, that's a good one to have as well the the 56 or the 49 or the 61 you know, I think up. that yeah actually that that, yeah, that yeah. which actually brings us to a great uh, point because that's something that I was going to go to next I should mention that uh price on the Keylab Mark II uh 449 for the 49 and 499 for the 61 uh the Panorama is a bit cheaper uh, 349 for the 49 and 399 for the uh 61 and that's dollar price Whereas the uh, Artoria is uh, Euro price, so there's a slight difference in price there. So yeah, we'll see. But it feels like there's still, you know, I mean, I don't know what this this does, but I'm guessing they're using the, uh, you know, you'd be using the, the with the computer, so that's where you'd handle all your splits and layers. But I'd like to see it in hardware. But I guess the problem with that is you have to then, you know, design some kind of OS that the thing sits in, the MIDI processing. You know, if it's got to process things fast and maybe filter controllers, it, it all starts to get a bit, you know chewy uh, in some respect but and um, that does bring us you know the the, the uh, control thing does bring us on to uh, this new uh, track one from native instruments hello this is cuckoo today i'm teaming up with native instruments again because i want to show you a second video of their excellent kick based software plugin called track one and i'm going to show you how i made this <laughs> yeah Cuckoo is great. So anyway, I'll I'll fast forward through it. But it's he's very, he's yeah he's awesome. Uh, but this is an really quite an interesting plugin. It's got um, essentially it gives you two I think it's two kick tracks and three bass tracks. Now if I get these get this information right, 
It's it, and it's built in Reactor, so it works in Reactor Player. It's got five, sorry, five uh, five base engines and three kick engines. But essentially, you've got two sequencers, one for the kick and one for the base. But m with mm. lots of parameter locking and interesting modulation points, and it's quite. It, it's actually taken a sort of sequ hardware sequencer approach in many ways to sequencing those things so you know that that piece that you heard there there's a lot of modulation because you're hearing a kick drum on one and then some sort of hi-hat noise and that's all sort of one voice uh and so it's it, it's quite electron like in its uh in its actual sequencing which is an interesting idea uh, and it you know I, I don't know if it sounds great or not i mean i will say um when i'm going through stuff if i'm listening for any uh, samples whenever i load uh, native instruments battery those drums always sound super impressive. So I know that the, probably the actual engine for that stuff will be pretty top draw because they do sound great. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. Jamie, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I've been using it and uh, it's great because I'm making a sample pack right now and uh, I wanted to, I love Polyplex. I'm a big fan of Polyplex. I've made some Polyplex um, software that actually runs inside Max for Live, where you can just point at a folder of sounds and it will populate Polyplex for you, so you don't have to drag anything in. My gripes with the Reactor world have usually been on that level, that you know it's hard just to bring in your own sounds really quickly, and you can't, you know. But this is this is great. You can't bring in long sounds. It kind of like prohibits you from, like when you're when you're pulling in your own samples, for example, you can like basically in the kick layer you can merge two samples if you want the engine to be sample on both sides as it were so you've got an a b just on the kick creator and um so you can just take two samples that you want to merge together change the pitch and change the behavior of them and then run them through what's really impressive about it amongst other things because it's a good good drum creator you can make a lot of snares not just for for kicks you can process samples with it actually short samples in really cool ways and then it runs through like the master effects section, which is which is actually super juicy. And I think Cuckoo talks about it. And uh, that's kind of in a way the hidden magic of this thing. Not that hidden, but uh, just the it's got like a kind of a multi band and some kind of hype thing. And like it's pretty crazy. I made really good kicks with it. I've, like probably the best kicks I've ever made in the box with this thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I think it's I think it's good. It is a little bit of, um, it's not super fast, you know, you have to work, you have to spend time with it and, and just kind of, I would love it if it had a really crazy comprehensive interface, actually, that's one that would, if you could have that tactile and switch sounds and you know, just push and pull all the stuff on like a big controller would be actually amazing. I'm I bet sure you, you can. I, 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 yeah, you could probably map it, I suppose, and that's going to work somehow. Great. Yeah. I'd love to have it just the kick i don't really care so much about the this this the sequencer and all that that's just me i just want it to make samples which it's really good at doing well that's interesting so i mean and that's often the sign of a good piece of software isn't it um yeah i mean the fact that you may maybe designed for one thing but people end up using it for another you know as as we've seen with the you know the tb303 mm -hmm. or, or hardware as well it's designed as one thing but it's got a great function that makes you able to get somewhere else i mean this is this looks kind of interesting and it, it the whole concept of developing within a kind of meta instrument, I still find fascinating that they that they still Absolutely. they're still doing that. Great advantage, yeah, the, I guess. Um, yeah, Reactor is a great platform, um, and yeah, there's something about the sound of uh, of battery and uh, contact, like Jamie said, that that just sounds uh, sounds really good. It's uh, there's a lot of headroom and uh on it and uh it seems like a really cool uh, really cool piece of hardware uh, of of software sorry um there's a, a few other like it, kind of like it which i think uh, kick 2 comes to mind i don't remember who is it by uh, sample med uh, sample magic maybe or I've, i i, will I tell own you. two two of Son those. sonic academy sonic academy sonic academy well. and i have one by sample magic they they both do the same thing, which is generating kicks and uh, synthesizing synthesizing uh, kick sounds. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think that uh, I do like creating bespoke kick sounds. Um, and but I think that the uh, the engine actually exists 
within a machine because you have the drum synthesizer which is uh, really nice and you can do some wicked noises uh, with it. Uh, one of my favorites ones for, for generating uh, sounds and as a drum machine in, in, is um, Logic's, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, not sculpture. Uh, it's been a while since machine. I've used it. I've, uh, uh, oh yeah, the, uh, yes, I remember what you... I don't remember what it's called. Logic Strum Machine. Let's have a go at it. Uh, yeah, Ultra yeah. Beat, I but think. it's Ultra Beat. Ultra Beat. Ultra yeah, beat. yeah, yeah. That's Ooh. the one. That's a really that's good shout, really Matthew. Cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, Matt. That's a really good um, piece of software as well. I really love the sound of it, and I really love the, the the synthesis options, and and you can import samples and things like that. But yeah, seems like a a cool uh, a cool thing. I I'm hoping it will be included in the next. Uh, what is it complete 12 or something yeah well it does uh, say it does say it's a complete instrument so you know it, it's so, categorized yeah. as such so i'm guessing it probably i think it's will been be. a while i think it's been quite a while since 11 so yeah hopefully well, they, 12 they usually do it around about now don't they do they do their kind of uh, deals yeah, um it's so. yeah it's 89 quid as it stands now i know matt i mean you're you know you're surrounded with things that make fantastic analog kick you know or digital module but I mean, do you still find yourself reaching for stuff like this? I mean, this does look quite cool. And if you're into step mm. sequencing as well, which I, I'm not, so I find it kind of doesn't turn me on that way. But it seems to be, I like the way that you can access those parameters and, and, and sequence them very easily as well. That seems like pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a lot of fun with this. I know I've got all this here, but I do spend a lot of time on the train, you know, up and down the country doing various things. And when I'm sat on the train, I'm just sound designing pretty much. You know, I've got Ableton open, I've got something like this open, and I'm just rendering, just recording audio out, and I'm playing with my kick drums, mashing them up with gain, um, changing the envelopes, changing the filters, and just rendering down just basically, and then sticking all of that in a folder somewhere, just sound design, kick drums, and what have you. And this has just been absolutely brilliant to play with. Um yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. The fact that you can use samples. I agree with Jamie. It'd be great if you could have longer samples in there. I'd love to really misuse this and stick loops in there as opposed to one-shots and mess around with that. That would be ace because of just all the modulation parameters. Um, yeah, uh, all the synthesis in it is good. So you can you can start with synthesis for your kick drum as well, and then you can blend between the A and B, as Jamie mentioned. I've just had loads of fun with this. And I think the, the master effects are really sort of musical. The reverbs and the delays are a lot of fun. And you can use this, essentially, if you wanted to go out and do some kind of techno live set, you could do this with, with pretty much this without having to use a DAW, which I, I think is really good. You know, just assign bits and bobs to MIDI controller like this, just to filter cutoffs, bring things in and out. You could you could just jam all night long, basically, at parties with this piece of software. It's it's really cool. Yeah, um, I think uh, Cuckoo does go into it where you can assign the, it's complete control assignable, so you can change yeah. sounds and then patterns and sequences. Yeah. So you can, you could, you've got that kind of quite healthy matrix just with having sort of three keyboard zones that allows you to do that. Yeah, I think the more you dig in this, the more you realize there's just, there's actually quite a lot on what looks like such a basic interface of just the left and right kick and then your bass bit. When you start going in, you're clicking on all the different tabs and you go into the modulation, you actually realize that they are, this is quite um, quite a beast within itself. Um, I don't know if you've also checked out some other similar software uh, by Blink Sonic. There's, um, there's a great one called Substance, S-U-Sub, S-U-B-S-T-A-N-Z. And um, it's kind of along the same sort of lines jamie this might be up your street as well in terms of like sound design drums and stuff don't know if you've checked this one out by blink sonic oh it's a reactor ensemble um, as well Looks it's like reactor it... as well yeah but he was kind enough the developer was kind of sent me some uh, demo versions of all of the ones that they does he does some kind of vox ones and some basins but this substance works along this same kind of line as as the uh as the track one does and again i just sit there making loads of great snares hi-hats kick drums from these things oh that's good and then, I know, I'm, I'm then sorry. i stick them in the modular obviously yeah in the, in the sample playback module um yeah jamie you because I, I i did say i characterize you as messing around in max but you also did a lot of reactor work right am i right in th thinking that 
I haven't, but obviously I, I switched over pretty much exclusively to Tim Exiles, like uh, Flow Machine, to do all my looping. So I was well aware of how good Reactor sounded when I made that switch. <laughs> I mean, having familiarized myself with the potential of Max, I mean, it's changed over time, but Reactor always just killed it, you know, just as, as a way to, to, to like, yeah, build synths and interact with audio. It's somehow just got a really pristine path. It's always really mm. shocking how good it sounds. And whoever mm. programmed this track one, that's a serious amount of work, and they made it look really beautiful. The the interface is amazing. Mm. Like, it, hats off, man. It's like it's a lot of work, really. A lot. Of ah, work. Right. Just to throw out as a little thing. I mean, and the yeah, unsung no, heroes. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Uh, just quickly throw this. This is the Blink Sonic Substans. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, groove yeah, box it's drumming. Yeah, like track one with a little bit more. It's yeah, you guys should check this one out. It's it's really good fun to play with. It's got lots of random parameters in it. It's, it does granular stuff as well. And um, yeah, I just sit there, maybe solo the kick drum, and record that out while you're playing around with things, and mm. you just end up with some great. You know, like Yoad says, just sit there making your own samples, basically. And then we call them, chuck them into battery, or in my case, I might stick them in the bitbox or the the ER three hundred one or something like that, and start triggering from there. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, really twenty twenty nine ninety nine euros. I don't know whether it requires full. Uh, um, I don't know whether it requires full or just reactor player. I'm just gonna. Yeah, it's just hard player, to say. I think. I think. So, hey, well, Matthew, yeah. when you're chopping up a bunch of samples in Ableton, how do you do the equivalent of the Pro Tools sort of tabs transiently? Like, if you've got loads of kicks, like how do you just chop them nicely and just have to save them? Um, find them. Yeah. There's no super duper quick way like tab to transient. So I would either do tab to transient stick them into Pro Tools once I've got my long audio yeah. file. Or the other way is, uh, yeah. um, isn't that you convert the audio to a MIDI track so it automatically yeah. puts it into a sampler um, and then I'll yeah. just save that sampler like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I then would like, the only I thing would, about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to suggest something to to both of you, uh, since I presume you you work on Macs, then even if you're not into Logic, uh, Logic is a, just an amazing batch processor, and you can do so much stuff with it on samples, like chopping samples. You can do it automatically. It it does it in in with no effort at all and you can export and you can do the fades like in one go and stuff like that so i would mm -hmm. i would highly recommend uh, to anyone who's making sample packs and things like that to 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 try the the, the things you can do in logic uh, with that regard because it's super easy and it's it, it saves so much time you just throw a like yeah. if you recorded a file of your own kicks or whatever it is that you and you have hundreds of like preferably not more than 128 um, you know hits on it then you can just it will identify the the transients chop it to regions which you can then fade or shorten or whatever you want and then just export it and even rename them all sequence sequentially and stuff like that so it's super easy it it takes yeah. a second to 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 to, to yeah. kind of butcher oh, a, a, a long audio file ah well thanks for the tip if you've got Pro Tools and Ableton open, as I've learned from the podcast, you can drag audio from Ableton straight into Pro Tools. I don't no know way. you can do that. Well, you can straight from the window. The you can just drag it on, yeah, and what? it just appears in okay. Pro Tools. You try it. You can Great. even do it from the audio finder. That's what I do. Oh, See, yeah. I'm making sound effects in the podcast. I'm like, I love the browser in Ableton, so I'll be like, no, just, 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 no, cool. yeah, I want that one. Pull it over. Can you go back the, the other way? Finder. No, <laughs> that's no. what you can't do. Okay. Yeah, Pro Tools uh, won't basic, play nice. That one, that would be amazing. Mm. Right. But basically, it, anything. Uh, sorry, anything that is Finder compatible, so the the DAW will recognize it as a Finder window, which means that you can yeah. drag stuff from yeah. that window into your door. Will work the other way around because it's it's essentially a Finder. So the other door will will think it's a it's it's a file drag from, from Finder. 
a major yeah. workflow tip if you if you if you want to do that. I just love that. I create a folder of sounds, yeah. throw it straight into Ableton so that I can quickly scan through them because the quickest way to audition the sounds is obviously doing that in Finder with a quick look or something is like a total ball ache. Mm -hmm. So like you scan yeah. through them with the arrow key and as soon as you find one, whip it over into Pro Tools, whatever. It's just it's so good. Like they work really well together. Little little tip yeah. from my uh, random findings. Excellent. Well thank you very much. And uh, which sort of very neatly takes us to uh, five o'clock, which must mean it's nearly time to go home. It certainly is here anyway, um, uh, in this part of the world. I don't know what time it is where you are, Jamie. It's probably still morning, Eleven. isn't it? Eleven. Oh, oh right. Lunch, lunchtime. Oh, gosh, yeah. Fourth of July. You're going to go out and um, I don't know. What do, what do Americans do on the fourth of July? Do they party? Is there a sort of carnival or something? I think just drink and go woo, really. Okay. And then, uh, you know, at the fireworks. Ah, fireworks tonight. Okay. Well, anyway, um, really that, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, I was right. just, I was just putting that there. Where was it gone? Uh, that was kind of it. Oh, apart from there was one other thing I just wanted to uh, just throw in there as a slightly World Cup kind of side of things, uh, which was uh, Zynaptic. Of uh, they've made a World <laughs> Cup horn suppressor which is basically Zynaptic, very good at doing processing stuff, and it allows you to basically uh, suppress the background noise that you get in World Cups. And it, it, it's licensable. You get a free three-month license if you're a broadcaster, so you can license it, and, and it's being used by Danish TV and various other TV stations as well. I just thought, what a, what a brilliant bit of... Uh, um, they marked it as actually a horn suppressor. A World Cup horn suppressor. I mean, uh, yeah, horn suppressor. Waves... Sorry, we, we've actually released uh, this exactly same thing uh, about five years ago, ah. ago in one of the Mondial or something like that. We, we've already done it uh, ages ago. It was like maybe five, six years ago. Well, you should have re-announced re it at the World Cup. You should bring it out every four years. and then I think, you know... that, I think that a lot of broadcasters <laughs> still use this uh, yeah, ah, right, this okay. waves. Uh, yeah. It's interesting though that because that also led. To, I, I mentioned this in the uh, in the story. Just to, this is a quick aside. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, I'm trying to find there was there was a, and, and so what happened in Eurovision? Apparently, for, um, several uh, in 2015, they installed something very similar uh, in the ambient mics um, to to suppress the the amount of booing that came across on television as well. <laughs> and this was for political reasons because I think uh, that's part of it. Imagine yeah. if Apollo had no. Exactly. Well, exa exactly. But I just thought it's kind of interesting, isn't it? I mean, at which point does it become not about convenience and more, you know, because that's quite a lot of that's pretty heavy manipulation. That's suppressing kind of dissent, I suppose, in ways, isn't it? It's an interesting fine line. Yeah, just something to room. No, <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. I just thought it was kind of interesting, but uh, particularly for to be able to pull it out but um, so, yeah, so there's an aptic one, obviously the waves one. We don't know what that's called at the moment. Is it the same sort of deal? I I assume, possibly. But anyway, um, if you are watching the World Cup and you are into soccer, then obviously I hope your team uh, that you got either got in the pool or maybe you support through your country of origin is still going. Because ours is, which is a very rare occasion that that happens. So I'm going to gloat a little tiny, tiny bit. So anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, Matt, Matthew Hodson, thank you very much for joining us. I do hope we Thanks. can have you on again sometime. Yeah, what what are you on to now? What's your next um, gig? What am I on? Um, next gig? Well, actually, I did a gig last weekend at the Brighton Modular Meet, which was really good. Um, those guys, yeah, thanks to those guys that organised that, just a very quick one. Um, I haven't actually got any gigs lined up at the minute. It's just writing and recording at the moment over the, over the summer, which seems like the wrong way around. I should be outdoors, really, playing live. But um, instead, I'm, I'm in here writing and recording. So that's me for the next uh, week or so. Ah, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But I mean, indoors, indoors. There was something that came up just before the show. Actually, I was just. I know. I, I keep saying one more thing, but this was uh, a new tease a from combo. something from Modal Electronics. Blurry stuff, but they're coming to us tomorrow uh, to show us what it is. And I'm assuming this is making the sound. Hair so I, I'm hearing polyphony. Yes, <laughs> hair gel. Interesting. <laughs> that would be a bit oh. pointless. That would be a bit pointless coming to me with that, but. So, yeah, that's coming out from Modal Electronics. Uh, going to be announced on Friday. We will be having something to do with that. Uh, tomorrow they're going to come and show us what it is. 
so I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Jamie Liddell, uh, thank you for joining us too. So you're off to, uh, oh, yeah. to, to La La for a little while, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I just was just, I don't know what I was doing there. Just <laughs> relaxing. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm off to La La for a month, perusing the lifestyle choices with or without Arturia's steel chassis by my side um but yeah it's a it's good it's exciting we shall so, escape like heat and humidity for just heat no, yeah no. i suppose so yeah well you get it depends where you are i suppose you'll at least be by the sea which uh, is a very enviable possibilities that's true yeah. there's always a trade-off there is <laughs> but yeah uh, but yeah and no, i'm excited i'm always i'm always happy to to go out west it's like the end of the rainbow isn't it for i i don't know maybe maybe for everyone but i, I always feel for the brits it's like what are we doing out here <laughs> we're at the end of the world like it's in a good way you know pot of gold hopefully literally pots of gold just waiting really yeah well i hope you find one or you know or write one perhaps if that's if you can't find I'm one gonna, yeah, gonna pen, uh, yeah, pen a pot of gold yeah. It's Excellent. exciting. Good stuff. Good well, to be thank back. You. Good to see you. Uh, lovely to have you as well, Jamie. And uh, obviously the time difference might make it a little more tricky in LA, but you, with a small child, you'll probably be up anyway. Oh. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. And also, Mr. Yoad Novo, thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm guessing I could ask you what your oh, next gig is, but you'll probably uh, can't tell us because it's, it's just the nature of your work, I suppose. Um, yeah, I can say that we're getting close to that product that I've been kind of mentioning that we're developing for the past three years or something like that. Well, I've only been on this show for, I don't know, a year or something, but it's still going on, but it's getting closer. So I'm quite quite pleased about that. Uh, yeah, mixing uh, stuff still have, you know, uh, still don't have enough time to, to mess up with, to mess with the, with the modular thingy that lies here, kind of... Um, collecting dust but uh yeah all in good time excellent well thank you very very much joad and uh we'll do the traditional wave goodbye in a sort of celebrity square style that's uh, sonic talk uh two uh, episode 539 recorded today we'll see you next time thanks very much see you later